Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess. And we're inviting you to a lady date, a place to connect, speak openly, and learn from each other's experiences. Today we're talking about toxic positivity. This is a topic we've seen trending, especially over the last few years, and we wanted to take a deeper dive into what it means and how we've experienced it at work and in our personal lives. All right. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Jess. How's it going? Oh, good. How are you? Pretty good. It's uh, another day of recording, just hanging out, doing lady date things. (laughs) So I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. What characteristic do you find most valuable in your coworkers? Oh, boy. I don't know if this is going to be influenced at all by our topic today but i really appreciate honesty and kind of vulnerability i would say that those kind of like tie together to me because i think sarah a few years ago would have said like organization or you know collaboration or something like that but i find that sometimes i am more process oriented or organized than other people and so i bring in these kind of like systems to a team And so now I like it better when people are just honest and open about anything, what they're working on, their communication styles, something that bugged them, you know, if they're late on something, if they're confused about something, I really like that kind of like open, honest communication. I think that's what I value the most. Holy cow. (laughs) Well, I mean, I picked it because I felt like it went along well with our topic today, but also... My answer would be the same. <laughs> so I'll, I was going to say when I like saw this originally and was thinking, I was like, oh, vulnerability. I think that would be kind of like one of the things that I really value in a coworker. But for the sake of not repeating everything you just said, because I felt like you just captured that very well. I think communication is also something I really value deeply in coworkers, especially with all of us being remote right now. I think it's brought more emphasis on how important communication is. But it's true, like putting yourself in somebody else's shoes and thinking about, okay, if I'm working on a project with somebody, it's helpful like for them to kind of know where things are at, know what's coming next, be able to anticipate things. And I find that I'm still continuing to identify, you know, the best ways to communicate with the coworkers that I have right now. And also figuring out ways that I want to be perceived as far as like my communication, like what do I bring to the table when I'm working on and collaborating on projects with people. So it's very much a, you know, how how would I want to be working with myself if I were in other people's shoes? Um, but then also it's something that I value very greatly in my coworkers of being able to communicate where they're at whether it be with a project or just where they're at personally, which I think is where that vulnerability piece comes in and is, as we've talked about previously on uh, various Lady Date episodes, we can find space for that at work, but it can be hard to find that space. So it's not always something that comes easily to people. Definitely, definitely. And communication is such an important quality and conscious act now that we're remote or primarily remote, right? So definitely, you know, thinking about that kind of communication effort um, is super important right now and always, but 
trying to put yourself in your coworker's shoes is a good common practice, I think. For sure. What are we talking about today, Sarah? What are we doing? <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty, pretty dang good segue. Uh, today, we're talking about toxic positivity. I feel like there should be like some sound effects or something. Some like, I don't know, wah, wah, or like toxic alarms. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, toxic by Britney Spears, obviously. But is this like you asking for me to dust off my <laughs> soundboard skills and come up with a sweet sound? Always. Maybe. No, but toxic positivity. So this is something that you and I have talked about quite a bit lately. We've heard about it quite a bit lately. But I don't know, and we've talked about this as well, I don't know how much it's being really circulated outside of our professional circles or even personal circles. So we're going to start off today by defining what it is, which I think is just a good practice when you're talking about anything anyway, to make sure you're all on the same page. So I'm going to use this lovely definition that I found online from the psychology group. And it says, we define toxic positivity as the excessive and ineffective overgeneralization of a happy, optimistic state across all situations. The process of toxic positivity results in the denial, minimization, and invalidation of authentic human emotional experience. So it was a lot, but hopefully that gives a good perspective of where we're coming from and what we're talking about with the term toxic positivity. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we're no doctors. That's clear. We are no <laughs> uh, scientists by any means that have studied this and, and taken great lengths to get familiar with it. But from being able to take that definition, and then one of the things that I found online was this comparison to having too many scoops of ice cream. So it sounds kind of silly, but Natalie Dottillo, who's a clinical health psychologist with Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, she mentions that it's like having too much ice cream because it can be really good and make us feel good at first, but then you can overdo it and then you don't feel so good anymore. So then when you're thinking about being overly positive or toxically positive towards someone else, it's kind of like forcing them to eat ice cream when they really don't want to have it. It's not going to make them feel any better. So it's, you know, that authenticity piece, really recognizing what the moment is, what the conversation is, what is being asked of you or told to you. And then you kind of just like blanket responding with, oh, well, here's some ice cream. Use ice cream. It'll, it'll be great. You're fine. Shoving it in their face that doesn't feel good. And it's not very authentic. And it's not being very present in that conversation. Unless somebody's telling you that they're hungry, and that they want ice cream. <laughs> right. But even still I'm really bummed that they don't have ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> you can't overdo it even still. Right. And that's such a, it's such a perfect metaphor, really. Because if you are giving someone an ice cream cone, or if you're doing that kind of action, it's kind of just making yourself feel better. And so I think that a lot of the times that's where this this positivity comes from a really good place, but it may not be the solution that that person is looking for. And it may not be serving the goals that you think it's actually serving. So I think that's perfect. I love it. And I really just love the mental image of someone sh like really trying to shove an ice cream cone in your face. <laughs> right. But it's all around us, right? Like I think in talking about this with you and even just thinking through of how we've experienced it ourselves or you know, I had talked to you about how I feel like I've contributed to providing a more toxic response, even though I thought it was me being positive. Um, when somebody's talked to me, like, 
it's all around us. Like we see this at work. We see this in our personal lives. I think it's a really worthwhile exercise to sort through when is it that you're being positive and when is it that you're being toxically positive. I think one of the things that we had been talking about is how it makes us feel when we've experienced this, where it feels like, you know, for example, you tell someone you're really struggling with a project, right? If you're at work, or if you are talking about it in your personal life, you say like, you're really stressed out about something or something's happening, or you have so many things going on in life and so many things going on in work and so many things going on with family. And somebody was like, oh, it'll be fine or it has to get better, or my personal favorite, I mean, least favorite, (laughs) it happens for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. There's oftentimes, I think, good intention behind that. But when you truly think about what somebody is bringing to you when they're saying that they're struggling with something or having a hard time, and then you just say, it'll be fine, it feels very dismissive. And then it becomes hurtful. Definitely. I'm sure everyone has multiple instances that are coming to mind of times where they've said stuff like that or heard, you know, that kind of those kind of comments or felt that exact way where like you express something that was maybe vulnerable, definitely not positive, And you were just kind of shut down with something that felt like you should say thank you, like an ice cream cone but didn't actually <laughs> help you in any way or make you feel heard. To me, I, I think of multiple instances where, you know, I've had people in my life that almost seem to be like allergic to negativity, where it's like if anything comes up that's, and this is personal or professional, anything that comes up that's remotely negative, it's spun. It's almost like having your own PR firm. And they're like, I'm just going to spin this into something good. Let's make this look good in the public. Totally. It, that's such a good view. It really shuts it down. It definitely ends that that line of, of communication, right? I don't want to tell you more about what was happening. You definitely did not just ask me to tell you more. You told me to kind of shove it in a positive way, <laughs> which feels terrible. And I, I've had that both in personal and professional settings where it's come from a genuine place. It's just made me feel bad. So maybe there's something to that where I should have said something. It's something to kind of keep in mind, I think, when you're when you're responding to maybe bad news, especially if it catches you off guard, I think it might be all of our inclination to kind of be like, let's spend this. But it might be worth an extra thought of like, okay, but what's this person really needing right now? Do they need an ice cream cone or do they just need someone to listen? Yeah. You know, going back to what you just said of like, well, maybe I should have said something when somebody kind of like dismissed what I had originally said or what I was feeling in that moment. I think that's really hard because right when somebody just is like, oh, it'll be fine or it's okay, it'll get better. That's kind of a hard thing to bounce back from and immediately be like, no, no, I need you to talk to me about this. Like, I need to feel a little bit more heard because the indicator that you get from somebody just saying like, it'll be fine or that feeling of being brushed off just it completely indicates to you that it's like, oh, this conversation is closed you don't have time to talk to me about this you or you don't really have the desire to talk about this right now. You don't want me to bring your mood down, potentially. You cycle through a lot of that in a very short amount of time where you're just recognizing like this door has been closed. You are not the person that I can talk to about this right now. And so there is an element of feeling shut down, 
your problems feeling invalidated. And when you think about being on the end of maybe potentially having said something like that to someone where you say, things happen for a reason, or it'll get better without really hearing what the person has to say or talking through things with them a little bit more. Because maybe you say it'll get better, but you've already had a conversation with them, right? Like maybe you've talked through things and you're like, you know what, based on what we've talked about, it sounds like you are actually taking steps to like improve the situation you're in. That's a very different, it will get better kind of scenario than starting with that from the get-go and just kind of being like, buck up, toughen up, you're going to have to push through. That usually isn't why someone's coming to talk to you. It's not what they're looking for. Yeah. No motivational poster sayings. That's not what people are looking for. They can Google those if they want. (laughs) They came to you with a problem or with something personal. So I think it's good to take that kind of to heart. But on the flip side, if I've ever said anything that's kind of like dismissively positive, it's probably been either because I honestly wasn't paying attention (laughs) and instead of saying whatever stupid thing I said, I should have said, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? I wasn't paying attention. Or I was caught so off guard that I didn't actually know what to say and probably needed to say something like, I need more time to process this or like, I'm so sorry give me a minute or something, which are, again, not super easy things to remember to do in the moment. We kind of equip ourselves with these conversational tools that kind of end up hurting us in the long run. takes practice, I guess. Yeah. And I think that's a great point of like, when you are having something brought to you that maybe is hard to hear, or maybe is hard for somebody to process, it is most likely going to catch you off guard. So you're not always going to have the perfect response or you're not always going to be able to like process right on the spot. So taking a moment, I think that's a great practice to try and do more often of taking a moment to process and maybe having a few better sayings that you want to have in your arsenal of like, I'm so sorry. If you have time to talk about it, maybe you say, do you want to talk about this more? Do you want to vent or do you want me to help you come to a resolution? And that's something that you and I have talked about is like, that could be a whole other podcast episode that we cover um, in. Oh yeah. It's my favorite line. Figuring out how to be there for just to listen or being there to help solve a problem for someone. But I think there is a lot of value in in that and in recognizing that you maybe need to dig a little bit deeper into why is this person coming to you to talk about this and how is it that they're hoping that you show up for them? Because it's emotional oftentimes, and especially if this is happening at work, it's hard to be emotional. It's hard to be vulnerable, even though we just talked about how that's a characteristic we value in our coworkers. <laughs> it's still hard to do. And so, you know, sometimes thinking about if somebody comes to you with something where they're feeling a little bit more raw or emotional, think about like what it took for them to come to you with that in an environment that is maybe deemed as more professional and not looked down as kindly as being emotional in that setting. Woof, that's a whole other podcast episode we can use emotions in the workplace. How to set boundaries with professional emotional sharing too, because the lesson at the end of the toxic positivity session isn't just to let people dump on you all the time either, right? Not at all. 
this is complicated. Everything we ever talk about on this podcast is always so complicated. So multi-layered. Well, and just thinking about too, of like, as a manager, if your direct report comes to you, Sarah, and is talking about something, you know, there is also that boundary you have to set as far as how you can best support an individual who's coming to you as a direct report and probably looking to you for some advice or guidance or maybe even a solution or action. I mean, there's a whole slew of things that you have to then sort through. And also thinking from like me going to my manager when I bring these things up with her, what is it that I'm looking for from her? And how can I clearly communicate that so that I don't have that feeling of being shut down and we can have a productive conversation? Absolutely. I think we've said a lot, right? Like we've talked kind of in circles a little bit around this, but I think really the distinction that we have to give to what it is to be giving a response or perceived as like more on the toxic positivity side versus being a positive person side is that we carry a lot of weight in our words and it's important for us to maybe take a beat think about what we're saying when somebody comes to us to talk about something or if we're going to talk to someone else like how do we set it up so that we recognize if they have space to talk to us about something right now so that we can get to the resolution or get to the conversation that we're hoping to and you know thinking a little bit more in depth on when we say something to someone it could very easily be viewed or perceived as being brushed off if we just sort of do a flippant response of like, oh, that's too bad. But, you know, things will turn around in no time. Just wait. You just have to wait it out. Because what? Nobody wants to hear that. That sucks. It's not helpful. No. I think there is an element, too, that we kind of have to draw a line between what is positivity versus toxic positivity like how do those differ yeah I agree I mean I think it in my opinion it comes down to authenticity you know I'm not like an overwhelmingly positive person but I try to be really intentional with what I'm saying and I know that there are times where I just kind of like generic word vomit things that I've programmed myself to say to fill fill a space But the toxic positivity to me just comes off as very fake or inauthentic. Um, So I think that trying to trying to take that time to be genuinely reacting to something, I think will generally solve this, in my opinion, like, you can be positive, you can think positively, especially if it's like, for yourself, you know, I, I believe you probably can be toxically positive to yourself, too. Oh, yeah. But I I think you can genuinely be an optimist without trying to force someone into a positive mold. What's the Pixar movie with all the emotions? Inside Out. Inside Out. It's basically the whole premise of that movie. If you haven't seen it, go see it. It's all about how all emotions are good, right? It's It's not necessarily good and bad. It's not positive and negative. It's not happy and sad. It's that they're all valuable communication tools. And if someone's coming to you with something negative or vulnerable and you are honored to be in their, their vulnerable space, it's, it's good to 
not just try to mask that with some like positive perfume, basically. Don't try to turn them into something that they're not. Just Mm -hmm. take it in and process it. And you can still be a positive person, but maybe don't try to like shove that on someone else's throat. Ice cream cone. (laughs) It all comes back (laughs) full circle. (laughs) Yeah, I completely agree with you, Sarah. I think that there are definitely ways that we can still show up for each other. I think boundaries are still very important. I think it's important to recognize that you can be a positive person and you can still have bad days. And that's human nature and that we go in and out of feeling various emotions constantly. They're not right or wrong. It's just how you're feeling. And the fact of the matter is that if somebody comes to talk to you you don't have to have all the answers. I think that's part of it too, is this like need to solve for somebody really quickly, like give them an instant result, an instant answer to their problem. When in reality, sometimes it's just like you want to be heard. So having somebody say to you, I'm so sorry. It's to the point. It's very short. It doesn't have a whole lot of bells and whistles. And genuinely saying that you are sorry that something has happened, some that somebody is feeling a certain way, that can carry a lot. And that is coming back to the being authentic piece. You can then see where the conversation progresses from there. But it's also, you know, take the pressure off of yourself that if somebody comes to you, you don't have to solve everything for them right then and there. Get to the a little bit further into the conversation to see what they're looking for. And hopefully, you know, they're coming to you because you are a positive person. And because you tend to be optimistic or to err on the side of not going down a sadness hole with them, right? Um, Simultaneously shoving ice cream into your face while you're shoving ice cream into their face. I don't know. (laughs) There There are ways to not bring in the toxic positivity element And still be a positive person, still be there to listen, still be there to empathize and share in what somebody is going through and, you know, giving space to emotions. It's important. I love the sadness hole comment. Like maybe being positive in that moment is just not helping that person dig a deeper ditch. Yeah. Don't let someone unravel. Maybe don't let them spiral too deep. Yeah, I love that. Just say, how are you feeling about that? Yeah. Oh, I hear you. Tell me more about that. It doesn't have to be positive or negative. It can just be moving down a line, getting more out of them. Yeah, I love that. Great point. Giving them space. I feel like this is kind of a catalyst for us to talk about a lot of other things. I think we've hit on talking about emotions in the workplace. This conversation was kind of like a hybrid of like, where has this showed up for us personally? Or where have we experienced this at work? We didn't get super into details on anything because I think to a certain degree, this isn't a topic that we have to get into like nitty gritty real life examples, because in a way we've all experienced this on our own. So it's, you know, talking about emotions in the workplace, talking about what it means to show up and be a listener for someone. Like there's a lot that we can go into a little bit deeper, which I feel like we probably will because we're just feeling inspired. 
I think this was a really good intro into a lot of other topics, like you said, that served as like a PSA, like a, here we're defining this term for the semester and uh, (laughs) we're going to deep dive into, yeah, vulnerability, professional communication, all kinds of different things, boundary setting, like those are all, those are all really, really great topics that I'm really excited to dive into further. But I think this was a perfect intro to that. Yeah, agreed. I think the moral of the story is it is important to set boundaries, but it's also really important to not dismiss people when they come to talk to you, not invalidate how they're feeling and how that can be really harmful and hurtful to someone to be on the receiving end of that if they're coming to you to talk through something and you just go, you'll be fine because that's just, it ain't it. One of the things that I've been thinking about more and more since we talked about this as being a potential podcast episode is just being mindful of how you're talking to your family, to your coworkers, to your partner, you know, whoever it is, and really thinking through like taking a second. I am one who tends to try and like have an answer right away. So it's been a good practice for me to just like take a beat make sure I heard what that person said. I think you brought up the good point earlier, Sarah, of just ask again. It's perfectly acceptable to ask for somebody to repeat themselves so you can make sure you've fully heard them. And then depending on the situation, keeping your answer simple doesn't have to be anything profound. You can start with, I'm so sorry to hear that and go from there. Definitely. And, you know, some of this might stem from if you're getting a lot of negative feedback from somebody or if you feel like someone's complaining a lot, I know that that sometimes can turn into the kind of curt dismissive responses from me, definitely. Consider how you're being perceived if you start dismissing someone who is coming to you with these feelings. Even if you feel like it's happening often, maybe find a nice way to point that out of like, hey, you seem kind of unhappy with your job or... (laughs) you know, you've talked about this a lot lately, like, let's deep dive into this or something. I I don't know the best answer, but try to I I think it just comes again, down to that kind of like authentic, say what you mean, without being a jerk. Don't just brush someone off, say what you're what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're hearing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm excited to dive into more conversations that will stem from this. I think we'll have probably some that we might have to have happen this season. I have to like rewrite our editorial calendar just a little bit. Agreed. (laughs) Yes. But here we are three episodes into the year. Holy cow. We're so appreciative of everybody listening and continuing to follow along your messages to us saying that you've listened or that something resonated with you is just so powerful and so appreciated I can't express how good it feels to know that we're able to connect with you and truly share our friendship with you because uh, we gain a lot from being able to talk to each other. And in a time where people are feeling even more isolated, I think this connection piece is more important than ever. And so thank you for following along. Thank you for subscribing and rating our podcast. Um, It means a lot. It's really going to just, you know, keep us motivated to keep doing this. And we appreciate it. So thank you all. 
Thanks everyone for joining us for a lady date. We'll talk to you later. 